One of the things I really wanted to talk about, this has been been getting at me as one of the things that I've been kind of challenging the common um, thing we hear, and it's the idea that relationships are everything in sales. And, you know, I've been hearing people say that that sales is all about relationships. And I started to look around at results. Um, and I and when I hear people talk about relationships being everything to do with sales, and then I see um, the sales results of people who who say that, I look and go, is that true? Yeah. Is that actually the reason why people are buying, or is it possibly the reason why people are not buying? And so as I sit with myself and ask that question, what I've determined is, is relationships don't matter. Okay. Relationships don't matter in sales. Okay. And and I say that as in people don't buy from people they like. Okay. They buy from people who bring them value. Okay. Whether they like you or not. Okay. How do you feel about it? I'm, I challenge you on that because I'm. I tend to be. I think that uh, I'm a relationship guy. So uh, I think there's two parts to it. I think it's 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 a, a coin. So it's a double sided coin. Uh, I think you have to get results. I think you have to be all the things that you're saying, but I think you have to have that relationship because that's what keeps people keeps you sticky to people. So you can, I can be, I call them an assassin or I can be a closer. Um, but if I don't have a relationship, I'm not in that close proximity with that person to close. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So I think you have to have relationships, and I think you I think you have to have both. So is is relationships the right word, or when when I hear you say proximity, I hear like awareness. So I'm going to qualify okay. what I when I say <laughs> okay. relationship, a perceived relationship. Okay, there we so, go. Yeah, yeah, can I call that trust though? You, we could call it whatever you want. Okay, um, we could call it trust, um, but. It, as as a organization, um, I have to have an ongoing dialogue or relationship with my constituents or my my clientele, um, and then when they're ready to hear my message, then they reach out to me, and then I'm a closer and I close them. So when I look at your business, I, I look at it and say you don't have a and I and obviously I don't know the the numbers and the sure. nuance. So I'm just giving sure, you my sure. outside perspective. I look at your business and I go, you don't have a relationship with so many people who've done business with you, but they have a relationship with you. Bingo. And it's the relationship of trust and expertise. Bingo. They see you so frequently in their social media with the same repetitive message time and time and time and again that they go, Mike is the guy who if I want to stop renting, I go to. Look, I'll be at I'm at the mall. I'm walking down at the mall. Michael Bounds, Mike, Mike. I'm, I have no idea who this person is. They're talking about my, you know, my baby girl. They're bringing up my wife. They have a relationship with me. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So that's what this is. And therefore, I have a relationship with them. When, when, when they see me on social media or online, that's genuinely me. So I think that it's important that, and this is again just me in general, is right. I'm always going to be um, challenging the way that 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 we perceive everything in a pursuit of continuing to be less wrong. And so when I hear the word relationship, I think of relationship as like a two way um, set of communication where there's some level of intimacy and and personalization to it. Whereas like what I hear you saying is that. You have created a high level of awareness around how your brand delivers value. 
And so they, anytime they think about needing to stop renting or whatever it is that your brand supplies them, you've built credibility and awareness that you are the expert on doing that. Right. But it is a one way relationship. Uh, it is. Um, it, it, it is from, from a large, a large body of, yeah. you know, the people it is one way until they come into my orbit and then the prospecting and what I do, for example, like when I'm making, like, for example, I started making calls uh, I just call people and just seeing how they're doing. Yeah. And I say, hey, um, I spoke with you a couple months ago. You probably don't remember me. I'm an agent. Hey, I'm just, it's crazy out there. How are you doing? Yeah. And people were like, I appreciate that. Yeah. So I'll literally do that. Hey, is your home search? How's it going? I'm putting it on hold. Hey, do you mind if I follow up with you from time? And then I have, I build a relationship that way. I text them. I, I then have that. And that you can literally see they're like, oh, okay, this is the person that's been texting me. This is a real person. And they're asking me how I'm doing. Do they hire you? Do you get hired to, to have a relationship with them or do you get hired to solve a problem and bring them value? I don't. I'm an assassin. So <laughs> I get in front of people. Oh, so this is marketing. Okay. So. I'm driving down the interstate. I see a Coke sign, a billboard. Okay. I see a Coke billboard. I see a Coke billboard. I see a Coke billboard. Now I'm thirsty. I think I want a Coke. Yeah. It does it in reverse. That's right. So I, I reach out to you. I reach out to you. You see me on social media. You see that I'm an assassin. I'm going to call that guy. Yeah. That's what the relationship is. Yeah. But yeah. people think it's backwards. Yeah. You're taking mind share. And I think that's what's important, right? Yeah. Is you're building credibility by taking mind share about being the expert in that space. And so when I say relationships don't matter, I think there's an important caveat is I think that when people say relationships are why people buy, it actually does salespeople a disservice because it 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 conveys the message that you have to be likable because so many times in relationships it's give and take. And I agree. I, and oddly enough, Here's what's here's what's fascinating is is the Harvard Harvard Business um, School did a study that said relationship salespeople only are seven percent of the high achievers in sales. Okay, and eighty three percent of the highest performing salespeople are challengers. Okay, okay. and the challenger basically forces self discovery on the on the customer of why their perspective and their process may not be the best to accomplish their outcome. And so when we think about, I, I look at how this idea of being likable is actually causing people to lose business. I agree. How many times have you sold somebody and they're like, my neighbor yeah. is an agent, my, yeah. such, my cousin, my such and such is an agent. Yeah. They have a relationship, but Eric is a closer and he's going to get me the most money for my house. Yeah. And so the difference is between having a relationship and, and being a challenger or, or being um, somebody who is an expert is, in, in my opinion, is you get hired to solve a problem always. Absolutely. And, and the problem is when you're always thinking about being liked and maintaining the relationship above delivering expertise and value, what, you, what you've done is you've not been willing to oftentimes challenge where the customer is and how um, they need to take action in order to get where they want to go. Yeah. It's hard to give difficult advice. That's right. Hey, your price is too high. That's right. You need to lower your price. Well, no, no, no. well, I like this person. Yeah. 
Well, I, th- I think about it like, you know, obviously we're in the sales business and, um, you know, and I, the, the challenge that I have is when I hear that being said to people that relationships are why people make decisions, it, it's really, as I, as I dig into it more and more, it's really starting to like make me cringe. And, and I say that because, um, I don't want a relationship with my doctor when I have a problem to solve. Okay. I want him to tell me if I have cancer, if I have a heart condition, right. if I have something that's wrong, he has to challenge where I am in order to get me where I need to go. Okay. But he can't be afraid that I'm going to walk out and never come back. Right. And it's that fear of losing the relationship, in my opinion, that causes people to lose business by not being willing to have those hard conversations. Whereas, Whereas challenging someone in the sales process by giving them value and being likable. However, likability is not the, the primary objective is what causes people to continue to repeat and buy from you and yeah. over a long period of time. It's a, to me, it's a mindset. It's more, it's more of it's, I think there's a relationship component to it, but when people say to me, you know, it's just about relationships, it's more than that. That's right. It's more complex than that. That's right. Because can you can you be likable and not get someone an outcome and have them be satisfied with their experience? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, no. I, I would. I, I would yeah. challenge people no. to say that that's not likely the case. Yeah. Right. And um. And what's interesting too is you know in like in the real estate brokerage side of my business, I keep saying like nobody leaves because they make too much money. Right. Nobody leaves you because they've accomplished everything you challenge them to accomplish, they leave when they no longer have the ability to continue to grow and continue to accomplish the things they want to accomplish. Right. Yeah. So it's when people stop making progress that they, that they find they lack fulfillment and relationships are not the component to progress in my opinion. Okay. What's your opinion? That, That I have to, if I wanted, if I want to grow your business, I have to challenge where you are and the process that you have in order to accomplish a desired outcome. Right. But I can't be afraid of losing our friendship in order to do that. I agree with that. Because otherwise I won't hit you with with um, questions and, and objectives that will challenge your thinking in order for you to think bigger to get to where you want to go. Okay. Because if because if I meet you where you are and I and I stay there in the relationship, then you can't then I can never help you go where you where you want to go. Okay. Because I'm always going to look at you as where you are. Right. Okay. So I've got, so I think that I have, I think that you first have to be the expert with the customer. I agree. You have to solidify yourself as the person who ha- is the expert on this, on this topic or whatever it is you're selling by understanding what their business or what their desired outcome is. And then you have to deliver the value by either, by either extracting what's valuable to them or by knowing their business or their desired outcome so well that you can deliver value, challenge where they are versus where they want to go. Right. And be likable. And that's kind of the the hierarchy of okay. how do I accomplish sales at a really high level and still be likable. So distill that better for me. So what I'm what I'm hearing from you is you want to understand their hot buttons. That's right. Their hot buttons. You want to understand what motivates them, what their pain is, right? Correct, correct. And do it in a way that's likable. So there's there's a relationship component to it. 
Yeah. Because you're able to take complicated information and data and communicate it to in a way that is digestible. That's right. So what you're doing is you're solving complex problems. Yes. And by solving complex problems and still being likable, that's the real, like, if we looked at the matrix of, of um, sales expertise in the, like, bottom left corner, it would be uh, low relationship, low value. And then, you know, maybe okay. we go, like, low relationship, high value. Okay. And low relationship and high value will still get you hired. Right. High relationship, low value will oftentimes not get you hired. Okay. That's the person who you're actually taking their relative's business. You're Got you're it. getting business from um, high relationship, low value. That's right. So, Got so it. you've done business. We all have with people who have a friend who's a real estate agent, right? And yet they don't trust their friend as much as they trust you, which right. means it's value first, relationship second. Um, and then, the, but how many times you get that reverse where they're like, I'm going to use my cousin. Their cousin is a yeah. part-time, the, you know, grocery store. And I, I'm not saying why anything wrong. That, yeah. Think? Why do they do that? Yeah. So then that case, you it's that, how, what do you, why do you think they would do I, that? I just think that for different folks, it's different strokes. I think that some people, um, are very relationship driven and so, and some people are, you know, very D driven action driven and i think depends on your constituent and who you're talking to you you couldn't be you you know depends on who you're trying to you know target do you think it's possible though in that particular instance that you lay out that you didn't convey your actual value well enough to shift the shift them across the matrix to high value low yes. relationship yes so even if you are yeah. more of an expert yes. they may not believe that i do so this is what i say i say to people I say, when they come to me and say hey my cousin is a, does this on the side or part time and i just say I, mr mr customer what or mr client what is it that you do for a living well i'm a nurse would you agree that there are some nurses that are really good? I'm, you're probably a really dope nurse, are you not? Yes, I'm a great nurse. You probably would say that there are some nurses that aren't as good as you, would you say? Especially somebody who was part-time, correct? And when you put it in that context, mm -hmm. and I say, look, we do this at a really high level. We do this, we do this, we do this. My job is to maximize and get you as much money as possible as you can get. So you might want to, if you, if that doesn't work out, I would love to interview for the yeah. opportunity to help you out. So you just have to paint that picture. Like not all realtors are created equal. So this is interesting because what I heard you say is that you challenge their position. I do. I totally yeah. do. Yeah. And, and by challenging their position, you're not afraid of losing the relationship. No. And so. In hopes of gaining a relationship. Does that make sense? It, but the relationship is predicated on them doing business with you and right. them, and you delivering them value. Right. And so that's the cha that's the problem that I see is that when when you see people talk about relationships being the key component of sales, where I struggle is is that it's actually doing people a disservice to assume that's true or to to assert that that is true because if you want to be mediocre, all of the data says relationships will allow you to be an average salesperson. I agree. I have people that they'll make phone calls, be talking to clients, and the client will, and the and the and the person will be like, "I want to rent something, or I want 
you know, to sell my washer. And then that, that, that agent is like, Hey Mike, how can I help this client with his washing machine? I'm like, bro, you don't get paid to sell. Like they're trying to be a (laughs) friend instead of like focusing on your task. So I totally agree from that perspective. I just think that a relationship is a component. Yeah. So in, in this um, Harvard Business Review study, they show that there's like, they, they categorize that there's five different sales profiles, um, and, and I'll probably mess them up, but there's relationship builders, um, there's uh, hard workers, lone wolves, and problem solvers, and then challengers. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's so, talk about that. So relationship builders have the lowest amount of high-performing um, sales reps. Okay. It's at seven percent. Then hard workers basically are the ones who always put in the extra time, go the extra mile for their customers. Um, and I would have thought that that would be somebody who would actually perform higher than they do. There's the lone wolves who are incredibly confident and um, are kind of the rule breakers. They do things their way or they don't do them at all. Okay. Uh, reactive problem solvers who they think that the customer has a problem that should always be solved and they should be the ones that solve it. So I hear that as almost somebody who's like really focused on customer service by trying to be the, the, um, the jack of all trades to everyone. And then there's the challenger who understands the customer's needs. They understand their business potentially more than even the own customer does. They take control of the conversation by challenging the way the customer thinks and they're not afraid to share their controversial view of of potentially what the customer needs versus what they think, in fact, that they need. Well, if Harvard said it, and so what? <laughs> and so when you when you hear that, what like what what category do you fall into? I'm a challenger, I think. Yeah, I mean, because I'm always like I'm always questioning people, like you know, hey, I need, I want this. Well, why is it that you want that? Well, maybe you want this. Yeah. And so um, I think that also allows me to expand my target because this is how many times have you you met with a client and they haven't realized there's needs that can be met until you've they've met with you and you can like yeah. meet those needs. So you have to be a challenger and in order to do this job correctly, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In order I mean you, you know, there's a lot of people who would who would disagree, of course, right, and say that you that that people buy from people they like, and um, yeah. and so and so I I where I challenge that person is, is that they haven't thought critically about um, how they make buying decisions in life, okay, because um, we don't choose our attorneys, our doctors, um, our our high level professionals by whether we like them or not. We, we choose to hire them based on whether or not they will accomplish our desired outcome in a way in which we want it to be accomplished or to the highest degree of the industry standard in which they operate. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't hire a likable attorney necessarily. Hold on. Like, I literally just, I'm not going to say what they did for me uh, because you can kind of dissect, but a guy I really liked was really hard to let go of. Yeah. And I hired somebody who was like an assassin. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, why did you and, do it? Yeah, because they were assassins. And, and I be- saw them and I saw I saw me in them. Did you believe Does that, that make could, sense? Absolutely. Did, did you believe that you could get your desired outcome <laughs> yes. in the person you hired? That's why I did it. Okay. 
And so that's so, funny. I never really put that that's together. The, that's the hard part is is that that when we say that that people buy from people they like, it does people a disservice by not actually um, f- forcing them to elevate towards the high performance of sales. Do you think that this is like? Do you think that this is sales across the board? Like, yeah, I do. If I'm selling shoes at Foot Locker, like, or yeah, I do so much that I think it's actually even more than that because huh. that's the perfect example. Is that um, you know that um, the, that there's a person at Foot Locker that will that will help you buy a pair of shoes, and yet you've probably bought some from Zappos. It's because relationship, the relationship you have with the guy at Foot Locker who's helping you buy shoes is not nearly as important to you. Yeah, look at Progressive. Look yeah. at your insurance agents. They're, you know. Yeah. Uh huh. This, this is this is the whole. Pro- this is the reason why people always gravitate towards huh. convenience rather than gravitate towards the relationship. Okay. So how do we leverage that? So you, I think the 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 leverage piece or comes into I, yeah. So I've always. Um, and, and probably in a way in which um, aligns with with my just overall demeanor and that I'm just a challenger and a, and a disruptor in general and that I, I'm always looking to upgrade my thinking and thinking of other people around me. And, and you know, my, my personal philosophy is, is I'm always talking about how I can be less wrong. And yeah. so anything that I am arguing about, anything that I'm debating or trying to learn is about yeah. what... What can I learn that will prove me and my current state of belief and actions to be wrong? Is that what you were talking about last week? Yeah. About yourself? Like that that it's about that it's about yeah. always looking at it that says like how how am I viewing this situation in a way in which doesn't serve me? How does my default programming not actually um how is it not at the highest level of where it could be? And what about, what do I not know that someone else knows that allows them to get different or better results? Right. It's a right. question that I always want to know is what do I not know that I need to know right. in order to get the desired outcome? And so I think from a, one of the things that I've, that I've kind of jokingly told my sales team has been that, um, you know, when we brought people on, everyone would say, well, we need a listing presentation. We need a listing presentation. We need a listing presentation. And when I hear that, what I know people mean is that they want this like glossy bound, yeah. um, you know, nice high end sales brochure that they can sit down at Mrs. Smith's table and have a sales conversation with her in order to sell her home. And what I've challenged my people on always and forever is that if you need some sort of pretty pamphlet to sell your services, what it means is that you aren't a good salesperson. Right. You haven't yeah. gotten to the point where you could actually um, do high-level needs analysis to move the customer from where they are to where they want to go. You haven't established the actual gap between um, where the value itself lies. And so jokingly, I've told people that, that I could go on an appointment in sweats with no listing presentation or with a company's listing presentation that I don't actually even work for and get sales contracts. And the difference is, is whether or not you can ask questions to challenge their thinking and or challenge the thinking in the process of your competitor. I agree. Like if you can demonstrate that you're an expert, look, slicks, a slick brochure, that's all great. That's fancy. Don't come in there with anything raggedy. I get that. But you're absolutely right. If I can go in and and exude a level of confidence um, those slicks and the propaganda isn't what's going to going to list yeah. get that listing contract. Yeah, 
Yeah. So the, the biggest thing that, in my opinion, sales professionals then have to learn how to do is ask better questions. Yeah. Because I have to get the customer to be willing to agree to actually do business with me or with someone other than what they are planning to do. Right. If they're not willing to make a different buying decision or the buying decision has already been made, there is nothing on earth I can sell them to actually cause them to make a different decision. Yeah. Uh, so this is where the relationship part comes in. Like, I guess... To me, I always say I'm like a doctor. You go into your doctor's office, you use that same analogy. Um, I want to understand what it is that is your pain because that is ultimately, as a doctor, that's what I'm trying to solve. Yeah. So I have to have, I keep using the term relationship, but I think you you better uh, phrase it as trust. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to, you know, uh, put yourself out as a level as an expert, and then they have to trust that. Yeah, and you have to be able to cum- communicate that by taking complex, a complex subject, distilling it in a way that that exudes that trust. Yeah. So I, I hear you say that you have to do great needs analysis. That's it. Yeah, it's totally you, because your yeah. doctor is going to ask you, does it? Does your arm hurt when I do this? Yeah. Does it does it hurt when you move it to the side, out in yes. front, when you swing it around in a circle? And ideally, the the doctor who asks you the most questions to fully understand your position about how your arm hurts is the one who now can start to identify potential treatment plans that are far more effective than the ones who have you move your arm one time or when you say, Hey, my, Hey doc, my arm hurts when I move it to the side. Oh, you got torn rotator cuff. Yep. That's that WebMD. Yeah. Right? That, that to me is the actual like WebMD way of selling right. is, Hey, my arm hurts, torn rotator cuff and cancer. Right. right? Instead of, yes, no. Yeah. Right. Decision Instead true. of needs based selling, which then means, so once I, once I've done my needs analysis, then I have to, um, in my opinion, confirm that, the the customer is in the position that that I believe that they are. Yes, and then they have to be willing to take um, action. That's right. And so yep. I have to then teach them yep. potentially a better way of doing something by tailoring my conversation towards their needs analysis. And when do you do that? After I after I fully understand where they are, where they want to go, and the process that they're going to accomplish to get there. And so I look at it, it goes. I have to understand their perspective. I have to understand their desired outcome and the process that they'll apply to to accomplish that. Okay. I have to do that by by doing needs analysis. Okay. Then I have to tailor my my solution or my value proposition towards okay. that desired outcome. Okay. And their current perspective. Um, but that requires me to take control of a large portion of the process. Yeah. By not allowing the customer to leave, but not allowing the customer to lead the discussion or lead the actual sales solution because because they may not be the best person to accomplish that desired outcome. So I have right. to challenge that current position in order to get them to their desired outcome. Yes. So I totally, you're right. There's a, a lot of times, I said this earlier, a lot of times people don't even understand what, like, what they can get. I'll give you a perfect example. You're, you ask more questions. Yeah. I had a client. I want a four-bedroom home. So I go around. We're looking for four. Can't find them a four-bedroom home. Yeah. 
So then I asked him, what do you need that fourth bedroom for? Yeah. I want an office. Why didn't you tell me you wanted an office? I could find you. I found him a three-bedroom home with an office. Yeah. That was in my early days. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So what you need to do, I always- and you probably I, didn't have a relationship with them yeah. first, right? So ask a question deeper yeah. is my mantra. You say, right. ask better questions. That will save you so much. Yeah. Just from I that. mean, I mean, honestly, like that's a gr- that's a great realization <laughs> for a lot of real estate agents to just sit in and fully understand is most people when you say four bedrooms will stop there and say, okay, I understand that's your it. perspective, and that and not move on because that's a clear, measurable, and that's definable piece of information. <laughs> However, the difference between good. And great is actually asking, what is it about the fourth bedroom that's important what is to you? It? Ask a question deeper. And, and so <laughs> it's the needs analysis yeah. that actually drives the outcome. Absolutely. It is not, in fact, the relationship. And so relationships will get you to that level of, of competency by by being to your point in that inner circle of trust right, right. is you're in the the six foot radius of that's what it does it gets me in the vicinity but i'm a closer so then they pick me because i'm a because closer. you challenge their their right. current perspective in order to deliver them a value-based solution to get them where they want to go absolutely but if you but if you're too but if you're too afraid of challenging their position because you want to maintain the relationship and the likability you can't get them to where they want to go always in the right. in the best possible experience. Right. And so I think the 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 kind of the pushback that I'd have on people is when they first hear me say that relationships don't matter, I think what people what people hear is that you cannot be likable and not be nice to people and as long as you deliver them an outcome, you'll still get a lot of business. Right. And that and that can at times be true. However, it's not the the peak of sales achievement the the peak of that sales achievement is to challenge them and be likable right but the challenging has to come above likability always i agree with that i I totally agree with that because and i know i'm sounding like i'm not but i really honestly agree because i challenge my clients all the time like they're i want to be a you know look this is the problem of most most salespeople. They want to understand where a client, where a person wants to be. They don't under, they don't want to understand, they don't necessarily understand where they're coming from. So between here and here is where your client is going to land. But if you, if you only know what they want and you don't know their pain or you don't know what they're coming from, it's so hard to get them everything that they want. It's, it's, so a lot of times you'll have a client says, I want to be, I want this, and you'll see them make a concession. But if you don't understand their pain or where they're coming from, you don't know where, how to guide them. Yeah. Yeah. So most agents, if I could, you know, the one aha or takeaway that I've had is I want to be curious about my clients. I want to understand what is motivating them. And the only way I can gather that is by asking questions challenging questions, understanding where their pain so that I can then use that as fuel to move them forward. So in listening to you, I wrote down that during the needs analysis phase of, of all of, of selling, and by the way, 
in my opinion, selling is something that everyone does every day. It's just whether or not you get paid to do that as your yep. profession. Hospitals That's and right. everything. That's, That's all right. everything is That's actually probably the, the totally number is. one selling place is yeah. probably in the healthcare field, even though people don't realize it. Dude, that. they have commercials. Yeah. Like, why do they have a company? They're trying to sell you on coming to their hospital. Like, everything is sales. Yeah. And so, so I wrote down that I have to first uncover what are the facts. So what's the what what's actually in that prospect or that person's um, current environment or 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 present known information? What are the facts? Yeah, and then I have to understand is how do those facts create a problem? Yeah, and what kind of negative or positive impact are those problems and facts creating? Okay, and then I have to understand what's what's causing that. And what kind of emotion do they feel as a result to those problems and facts okay. and the way it's impacting their life? Then I can tailor a solution to get them to where they want to go. And that is the actual value itself. Okay. Is the is when I understand the facts, the problems, the impact, the emotion, and the causes of all of those things, then now I know this is the gap that I have to shorten for them by solving these problems to help them go where it is they want to end up. Yes. And another thing is being able to communicate that to them. Yeah, correct. Correct. So yeah. like, I know the, the, the one thing that's kind of transformed my business is I've gotten much better at being able to articulate information to a client and it brings down their anxiety so like what most what I see kind of going out with clients that kind of stop, you know, my clients um, is anxiety. Something happens during the during the way and they feel anxious. And my me being able to co communicate, you know, this is what's happening. Uh, it allows them to then um, not have the anxiety. And it seems to they seem to be able to go through the process much more efficiently, much better, much better. This is interesting because when I'm when I was listen to you, I wrote down um, that I think you can do this not even by just selling. I think you can you can persuade people by um, doing using marketing um, once you fully become the expert on their problems. Okay. And by their problems, you're, you're looking for an, an avatar of who your ideal customer yeah. is, right? I know right. that this is something that you understand yeah. at a high level. And so you yeah. have an avatar, I'm sure, of who your yeah. target customer is. And because you're the expert in your market, you also know what are those avatars' problems, what kind of impact are the problems having on their life, and then what sort of emotions is it likely causing. And so all of your marketing, you can tailor to their problems, the negative impact the problem has, and the emotion they're likely feeling. Mm. And then your marketing can hit those particular Boom. items. That's right. Because now all of a sudden you've already solidified yourself as the expert on the front end. Right. Because do you know what what problems and impact and emotions the person who calls you about about stopping paying rent has? Yeah, what it does is it funnels. Yeah, that's right. It just funnels right. like the the yep. people that you yep that you want. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And yeah. so the the problem with effective marketing and ineffective yeah. marketing is is that effective marketing is often oh, sorry ineffective marketing is branding. And branding, if without the um, without targeting the problem and the impact, is is nothing more than awareness. But awareness for what? Yeah, 
well confused message. So that's right. I was this is I was watching um I was watching a commercial the other day on a particular uh, car. I'm not gonna say the car, and they were talking about uh, discount luxury, and I was thinking, okay, I've bought a Mercedes before, <laughs> and so when you go to a Mercedes dealership, they're not advertising discount. Okay, so like. A lot of problems that we have as humans is we want to fit into a big box. And I challenge that auto manufacturer, like if you're trying to put yourself out there as a luxury, like that's kind of like an oxymoron. Yeah. Right? So who do you think the target the target customer is for discount luxury then? Well, maybe it's people that, but this is the thing when you have, okay, that's, Okay, luxury buyers typically would you say an ego buyer? Yeah, or a convenience buyer, one of the two. Okay, so I mean maybe I'm thinking wrong because this is the thing we get blindsided from our perspective. Yeah. So maybe I'm, but I'm thinking like okay, if I'm a luxury buyer, typically if I'm an ego buyer, I don't I don't want to be Correct. driving That's a right. discount luxury That's right. that That's discounts. Right. That's right. I agree. With Do you that. see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So yeah. like. Normally they either want luxury. You, so I don't know. I just think from a from a marketing or a branding perspective, I think it's confusing. Yeah. So who who do you think would be a discount luxury target market? Um. Do you mean uh mean from what? As in, like, if you're the company who's marketing that message to discount luxury, is there a target person that you're going after? That It doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so I hear that as, like, semi-custom homes. It's like that in-between. It's but, like that in-between person who's, like, um, a middle, is, yeah. like, upper middle class, not one percenter. But the problem is that person wants, to, aspires to be, yeah. So when I say discount luxury, that turns them off. They want to be like when I say to somebody who's wants to semi custom, I say semi custom. They're like, no, they don't want. You know what I'm saying? So like they want custom. They want. They want custom. Okay. okay. So like you see what I'm saying? I'm yeah. saying from a brand perspective, it does. That's like saying. So should semi custom be be eliminated then as well? Um. I just don't know if it's, um, I mean, and I'm just right yeah, now, I'm no, just, I'm, I'm, no. I'm rifting, but so I just, I'm just thinking from their perspective, if I say semi-custom to someone who's right on the edge of going from custom to, to me, that, that is disparaging. It's like, I want, I don't know, man. Look, you know, people want the, the, the Chrysler that looks like a Bentley or do you want the Bentley? Yeah. Yeah. So depends. it just really depends. It depends on if you can afford the Bentley. It or not. depends on I, if I'm you can afford it. Hey, drove, I'm driving I a 300. The, I, that's, I know. I drove a Chrysler that looked like a, like a Bentley. So. I've had two of them. So, hey, I'm not, what are you going to say? <laughs> so maybe I was okay with that. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's along kind of the same concept, though, is um, mm. there's, a, there's a, a book that I've been talking a lot about in my world um, is the concept of the innovator's dilemma. Okay. And the innovator's dilemma was, um, was a study in a, in a book written by a um, Harvard professor, Clay Christensen. And, and one of the things that he talks about is that everyone, and maybe we'll make this a separate topic. However, um, when we look at um, some of Clay's studies around um, sales 
and around this entire concept of whether people want relationships or whether they want um, particular solutions. One of the things that Clay found was by asking his custom by asking customers what they want, mm-hmm. they actually ended up getting more of things the customers didn't want or didn't actually cause them to make buying decisions. Create objections. Correct. And so yep. what the only so in this case study, uh, McDonald's was trying to sell more milkshakes. And they went to other customers and pulled a, you know, let's call it fifty thousand plus customers and said, How you know, what's the what would what do you want a milkshake to be? What do you want it to taste like, thickness like, flavor like? How long does it last before it melts? Right. You know, what are all the what are all the nuances of the perfect milkshake that you would buy? And so they go on this quest to build the perfect milkshake and they based on customer feedback build the perfect milkshake only to find that sales don't increase at all. Hmm. And so the customer said, "This is what we want. This is the perfect milkshake and yet no one bought more milkshakes." Wow. And it wasn't until they approached it from a different perspective, which was, what is someone who buys a milkshake buying, sorry, what is someone who buys a milkshake hiring the milkshake to do? Okay. When I hire the milkshake to solve a job or a problem, then I can actually start to tailor the milkshake to, to actually fit the problem that people are trying to solve or the reason why they're choosing that. Okay. And and what they found was the person who hires the milkshake in the morning is hiring them to um, to occupy a long boring commute to the office, okay. and to to create enough um, uh, have enough caloric content to last them until by. like ten in the morning. Yeah, they'll pass out. That's right. <laughs> and so in and then they know okay, well I need to thicken the milkshake to allow it to last for a minimum of a twenty minute commute. You just have a better milkshake, but you're selling to the same people. That's right. But it, but it's fitting the actual yeah. audience who buys it instead of all of the people who aren't going to actually buy it, which means the green smoothie buyer, who cares if yeah. they think that a milkshake is good or not? They're not your customer anyway. I totally agree. I had a, a, a person the other day said, I'm thinking about buying stocks. Can you give me advice on Facebook? Okay. So hold on. You're asking everybody on Facebook their advice on stocks. So what if I don't know anything about stocks? Yeah. And you're tell, you're giving me advice. So that's what you're, that person should have went to an advisor, <laughs> a good advisor. Yeah. And so that's all you're saying. Cor- correct. It, which is th- when you ask the question of what, yes. what do, what do you want? What you find is you get a bunch of answers yeah. and yet you find that people don't actually buy what it is they say they want. Right. And that's the biggest challenge. You just continue to improve the mousetrap only to find out that people don't need the best mousetrap. They need the mousetrap that actually accomplishes the end goal. Right. And, and, and so the, the, the problem when, when thinking about sales and by approaching it from a relationship perspective is when it's relationship first, you're always trying to improve the mousetrap. Those slicks. That's right. The super dope slicks yeah. and apps when in all reality, 90% of it is rolling your sleeves up, picking up your phone and working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. That's, that's right. It. That's right. So- I guess to kind of summarize things, then is it safe to say that the most effective way to like to sell, whether especially from a real estate perspective, in my opinion, is the most effective way is to first assert yourself as the expert, okay, and then be in the vicinity of a of a buying making decision. 
by, by, by building buying, trust I mean, that's right. and by marketing. The that's the perceived relationship that we had a disagreement about earlier. The awareness Got of it. the awareness of being the expert and in a radius where that Got person, it. when they're ready to make a decision, has the has the mind share that you are in fact the expert in that particular field. And then when you have the ability to um, now start to convert the prospect, you have to you have to understand the facts of where they are by um by doing good needs analysis uncover the problems um and whatever impact those problems are creating and the cause of it their current state of emotions yep and challenge their process or their perceived process in order to get their, their desired outcome got it like if it, you can add it. the likability piece to it you further increase your, you enhance that's it. right it's the cherry on top that's right I got it. But I it, agree. But it is not the single component of why people make decisions. People like me, people like me, people like me, and then they go, they buy a house off of me. That's right. They buy a house off of you. That's right. right. <laughs> that's right. And that and that's the and that's the the biggest difference. Right. And so it requires a level I love of it. it requires a level of confidence. And that level of confidence comes by being an expert. Yeah. You just have to be really dope at your job. Yeah. And you have to be dope in and as a person in the sense of the, like, you have to be comfortable with who you are yeah. knowing that rejection doesn't mean that you're personally rejected. It means that they're rejecting your value proposition to get to their desired outcome. Right. Which means you have to refine your value proposition. You have to refine your needs analysis, your, your problem uncovering. And they're not rejecting you, the person. Yeah. They're rejecting your solution or yeah. the lack of confidence in your solution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And another thing um, I just want to hit on, I know we're, we're concluding, is it's like, you know, like, a, like, and we can get into like with the marketing uh, later, but it's just being in their gravity. You have to have enough gravity where there's people coming to you. They, they understand that you are that expert and then you're able to then execute once given the opportunity yeah. and you're able to do that over and over again and demonstrate that to everyone. But to execute, you have to be able to take their information and digest it and communicate it into uh, a digestible way yeah. and just execute. Sell, you know, sell homes, help, help people sell their homes and, and, and buy homes. Yeah, absolutely. So. Awesome, man. Well, um, again, so it's it's um, the most important thing then is be expert, deliver value, and be likable. And that realistically yeah. is the equation of of high level sales conversion through a complex selling solution. And and one without the other components really doesn't All accomplish right. at a really high level. I wasn't looking at it. Uh, car, uh High level enough. Well, I'm glad I challenged you. You did. You're your <laughs> challenger, and I just got challenged. Right, you man. guys are literally watching me get coached every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike.